Hey, friends, just a quick reminder. If you enjoy our content and don't want to commit to a Patreon tier, you can show your love in other ways. Oh, yeah. Of course, you can take advantage of our merchandise store at TeePublic, where we've got cool designs from all across the Red 5 network. Look for sale announcements and save up to 30 to 35% on all our merchandise. Oh, nice. And there's also a very convenient way to help support the channel. As you know, coffee is our friend. It keeps us going. You can show your appreciation by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Any amount starting at five bucks, a one-time treat for us to help with all the stuff it takes to maintain the quality you deserve. And remember, it's always sunny on Scarif. And that's the Scuttlebutt. And pass the cream, please. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. And welcome back to another episode of the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. This is yours truly, Roll from Scarif Podcast. How is everybody? If this is your first time uh, checking us out, thank you very much. Uh, and I'm so glad you decided to find us to uh, partake in our nerdery here at the Scarif Podcast. Um, I've got uh, a couple of friends that I love collaborating with, uh, another members of uh, other members of the Red 5 Network, the Science Fictionary Crew, Andrew and Marisha, how goes it with you guys over there? It's going great. Pretty good. Yeah. Excellent. Warm. Excellent. It's warm. You know, it's it's warm all over the place. It, mm-hmm. uh, the 4th of July was uh, a little hot and humid here in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, but it's cooled off. Uh, I, I don't like the humidity. Uh, the heat, yeah. I don't mind, I guess, but the humidity uh, makes me wacky. <laughs> Yeah, when it's 100 degrees and 100% humidity, it's just not a recipe for fun oh, times. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. But uh, yeah, thank you for uh, joining me on this edition. Uh, we're going to have some fun. You know, I have um, fond memories of our first encounter when we did a, our, our very first uh, crossover episode, and I love having you guys over. Um, and uh, I, I think every time you guys are kind of like my good luck charm. Every time we get together, <laughs> um, my numbers go up, and hey. uh, that is awesome. We uh, we did a we did a top five uh, most influential movies of all time, which yep. is uh, still probably uh, one of my uh, top uh, downloaded uh, episodes, which is a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that episode. So we've got another top. Uh, this time it's a top three, mm-hmm. um, but um, I wanted to. Uh, well, first of all, I wanted to say thank you guys. You guys, uh, like I said, you guys are my good luck charms. But um, we are going to be talking about the top three movie MacGuffins. And for those of uh, of you listening that might not be familiar with what a movie MacGuffin is, Andrew was wondering if you'd like to explain to our listeners uh, <laughs> what we're talking about. Uh, so it's it's really it's it's meant to be something that that drives the movie. And uh, Alfred Hitchcock probably was the one that made the use of movie MacGuffins uh, as big of a thing as it is. He he really was very into it. A friend of his, uh, Angus McPhail, Ang- Angus McPhail uh, coined the term uh, MacGuffin, and they worked together on a number of projects. And, um, you know, it's just, 
I, now I think I think that we the the definition of a MacGuffin has changed some since Alfred Hitchcock started it. Now when he first started talking about it, he did entire interviews where he talked about MacGuffins, and you know he thought that it needed to be something vague and meaningless and something that had no. Um, uh, he even liked it like uh, absurd uses of things. Um, I can think of a few that come up, but a lot of his movies had things that just, they don't mean anything to the story at all. They're hmm. just something that helps drive the plot forward. Um, the 39, I think one of them was the 39 list where they're looking for British war uh, secrets. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, um, I, I always think when I think of things like that, like uh, the cast, the box, the FedEx box in Castaway um, right. with Tom Hanks, it's this box. We never learn anything about the box, what's in it. It's just something that keeps him going. Interesting. Yeah, I think I've got a um, one thing is on my list that kind of goes with that definition. Um, but um, yeah, absolutely. It's something that drives the story. Um, but you're right. It, I, I think it has changed because now I think the the definition of a movie MacGuffin, I think, is a little bit more, um, I don't know, uh, object oriented or, yeah. or person oriented and it's well, it's it's something a little bit more tangible nowadays than it yeah. was before i think so and hitchcock uh divided it into three categories the secret the treasure and the character okay cool. um but cool. i think i we marisha and i were talking about this before we started uh the holy grail right it's it's been done in a lot of movies a lot of tv shows it's in it's and in real life too and um I think that the Holy Grail, because the Holy Grail, we were discussing this, kind of became its own thing. It's just almost another word for MacGuffin now, right? Right. Um, in real life, we look for the the Holy Grail of uh, oh, a, cure right. for, or a cure for cancer or, right. you know, all these things. And um, I think that I kind of wonder if um, the use of the Holy Grail in the Indiana Jones franchise is kind of Mark's a change in what a MacGuffin can be. Right. And I think, um, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, and, and you said it, I think the, the Holy Grail as, uh, as the terminology exists, I think it's kind of a catch all phrase. Um, like you said, it's like, you know, finding a treasure. Um, I got the Holy Grail of this or the Holy Grail of that. So it's it's uh, it's kind of an interesting um, history of the of the term MacGuffin. Right. Um, and like I said, you know, we'll 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 kind of uh, list out our uh, top three and see, you know, uh, I hope the listeners can kind of differentiate. Um, how that definition has changed. Um, but, uh, you know, MacGuffins are cool. I think obviously for uh, movies, um, especially, you know, nerd movies like science fiction or fantasy, I think there is always a, a, um, a MacGuffin that kind of plays um, a role in the story. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, we sh we're going to find out, uh, some of our favorite MacGuffins. Um, I'm going to have you guys start out first, uh, in no particular order. We can go all over the place. I've got, I've got three listed out with maybe one as a backup in case there's any overlap. And I, mm -hmm. I have a, a, a fishy feeling that I think we might have some overlap here. Um, you think? but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, uh, okay. What do you guys got for, uh, some of your favorite movies? movie mcguffins okay so 
you know, you've got a lot of like really classic movie MacGuffins from, you know, classic cinema that are very influential for how we view movies. But as far as really important MacGuffins in our genre, right, sci-fi fantasy adventure, um, it's got to be it's got to be the uh, Ark of the Covenant from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. I mean, it's it's the ultimate thing that as viewers, you know, we're, we're not that invested in. We don't really buy all this that they're claiming about it, but the characters sure do. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's the driving force of really. I mean, if there there is no quest for the Lost Ark, there is no Indiana Jones. There's, you know, the rest of these stories that we enjoy are just not a thing. So I'm going with right. the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, well, that's, that's got to be. I mean, like when you think about it like that, I can't think of one that looms bigger than that movie, you know, the Ark of the Covenant in that movie. Um, it fits the classic definition from Hitchcock. It's not, the story's really not about the Ark. It's just that the Ark is this thing that everybody's after and it drives the story forward. At the end of the movie, we don't put the Ark somewhere and celebrate it. We stick it in a in a storage <laughs> facility. It didn't matter. Right. And, and then, and I think... I've thought about that one a lot because it seems like, because that one's almost like a real world MacGuffin. People have been looking for the real life Ark of the Covenant for a very, very long time. And I think that that sort of helps it be so big mm -hmm. in the theater, because I think when you ask people that generally, that's almost the first thing that's going to come to most people's mind. Sure. Yeah. Wasn't it? Uh, wasn't it in uh, Ethiopia? There was a story that uh, some Ethiopian priests found there it. Is. Oh, there! Yeah, there's a story. There's there's <laughs> yeah, a there church in Ethiopia that absolutely claims to have it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it, it's it's interesting because um, one of the Indiana Jones movies is on my list as far as the MacGuffin, and I think the Ark of the Covenant, and actually a lot of the MacGuffins in the um, Indiana Jones series. Um, and I feel including including this new one, the Dial of Destiny, mm -hmm. really, um, really a, a lot of these MacGuffins and I, I would say all of them in, in all the indie movies um, really have nothing to do with the plot. Um, if you kind of, uh, you know, go back and examine some of them, you know, they are really, you know, the stories, uh, obviously they introduce these MacGuffins, but, um, they go a little deeper there. It's a lot about, uh, relationships between the characters mm -hmm. and the MacGuffins really, I mean, you know, they kind of like get sidelined by the, um, the overall story of the relationships with the characters, whether it's with each other or even, you know, their, their faith about something maybe their faith about each other which uh which i think is um is something really uh unique that uh that this series of films uh, kind of introduces to the to the audience yeah yeah i think that one gives you i think that the indie films obviously pulling from real world um myths and legends and and stories and I think that gives them an advantage in some ways to make these things so big, but they, you're right. That Like when you look across the movies as a whole, 
they're just they're just there to drive the story forward and you could replace them with any number of other historical objects. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like I said, I think even, you know, even the new one, the Dial of Destiny, I mean, has um, elements of, you know, the, the dial really, the dial itself really isn't as important as, uh, you know, the the characterization of of Indiana Jones during this time in his life, which I think is, uh, you know, it's, it's fascinating. And I think all the movies have kind of a, a similar um, aspect to uh, to these MacGuffins. So that's yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. I love it. Andrew, what about you? What uh, what's one of your top three MacGuffins? Hmm. So I've got a few um, that I've got here at the top. I really, I don't know. I don't know which one to put next. Um, yeah, I'm going to say, so I'm just going to pull. I'm going to pull from my, my favorite franchise. I'm going to pull from Star Wars, and I'm going to talk about the Death Star plans. Yeah. They're really only they're really only part of one film in the franchise, but I mean that's going to be the same with a lot of these. But um, it's it it drives you know the story is the story of the first movie is the story of Luke Skywalker. He's the, the new hope. The 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 plans are just this mechanism that sends him on this journey of destiny. They're not the story. They're 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 a MacGuffin. They're a true MacGuffin. Um, and I think that, I think that based on where it sits in movie history and a new hope, it's one of the biggest of all time. Yeah. And, and, and it's funny, obviously as, as big as a star Wars fan as I am, I didn't want to, um, throw that one into the mix for me because that would be too easy. Um, but absolutely the Death Star plans is, is one of, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, fans, uh, top three MacGuffins. I think it's what started the journey, obviously. Um, you know, there's, there, there's just a lot of, uh, not only memeable moments, uh, you know, help me Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope, but, uh, it's, it's, you know, like you said, it drives the story of, of Luke Skywalker and his motivation. I think, uh, you know, and that motivation kind of changes throughout the, um, mm -hmm. the, the trilogy. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, definitely, you know, we, uh, we encounter a ship at the beginning of the movie, who's sh a large ship, who's chasing a smaller ship for one reason and one reason only. They uh, stole the Death Star plans and Vader and his crew needed to get it back. So absolutely, mm -hmm. the Death Star plans are uh, a definite um, MacGuffin. Hey, what's up, Chicago friends? If you are in the Andersonville area and want to check out a really cool comic book shop, head on over to Alley Cat Comics, 5304 North Clark Street in Chicago. If you're into comics, magna, gaming, and all the cool stuff, Alley Cat Comics is the place to be. Gotta love Celine and the rest of the gang over at Alley Cat Comics. Pick up your gaming supplies, set aside your comic books, grab the latest Star Wars and Marvel books, or give them a call at 773-907-3404 and tell them the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast sent you. Oh, yeah. Alley Cat Comics in Chicago. It's where the cool cats hang. See what I did there?
uh, my top three movie MacGuffins, I'm going to go into the uh, the Terminator franchise, mm. and uh, especially the first one. I think um, Sarah Connor, uh, for me, is is a a a nice movie MacGuffin. I think uh, the fact that, uh, you know, the characters go back in time to try and find her and, um, you know, it's uh, in order to change the future, they have to destroy the past sort of thing. So finding Sarah Connor becomes a, um, you know, an important uh, MacGuffin in the story of the first Terminator. And we have, uh, you know, Sarah Connor being worked on uh, from both ends. There's uh, one character that wants to kill her and one character that wants to save her so uh this is um this is an example of uh one time where a uh, movie MacGuffin is a person or, or a character mm -hmm. and uh we mentioned at the top of the show you know usually it's kind of like an abstract uh you know object or or something like that um but uh you know and and later on in the trilogy um I think there are there's more obviously there's more than three Terminator movies uh, they kept uh, making them but you know John Connor becomes mm -hmm. a uh, MacGuffin and uh, kind of uh, transforms the role of of mother to uh, to son um, at some point in the uh, in the series but uh, yeah Sarah Connor in the first Terminator movie Sarah Connor. It was a great introduction to uh, to this story uh, because I think at, at some point, um, you know, us as audiences, you know, we we are also not sure who's there to kill her and who's there mm -hmm. to save her. So mm -hmm. um, it's a nice surprise. Um, so for me, yeah, Sarah Connor and the Terminator uh, franchise. What do you guys think of that one? You know, I think that's a good one. I think that's a good example of a, um, you know, because you've got a couple of good people MacGuffins you've got I mean Private Ryan right and saving Private Ryan right um you know so you've got and and I think we typically when we say MacGuffin we tend to think an object or a concept sure. usually an object right but um yeah some of the best ones are definitely people that you know you just are, you're missing information about that matters to everyone in the story yeah, like absolutely. Mm -hmm. And Private Ryan's a good one because, you know, the, the entire movie obviously is called Saving Private Ryan, but we don't get to see him for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And the motivation, you know, the motivation there is obviously, you know, they're going on this mission and all the stuff that happens in the movie at the beginning, you know, for, for I don't know, for, for a large part of it, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, has to do with with saving this uh, this soldier mm -hmm. uh, to to bring him back home. Um, you know, it, which is really cool. I mean, there's a lot of drama that goes into it. Um, you know, they start to question, you know, why they're doing it. Um, mm -hmm. but it's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. Uh, the saving private Ryan MacGuffin is, uh, is definitely a good one. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. You know, and I was kind of thinking about, especially as a kid, a lot of times you don't have any frame of reference for understanding what these MacGuffins are. Like I remember, um, as a kid watching Star Wars and like the whole Death Star plans thing, def like definitely did not compute, you know, exactly what they were after. So right. I think like in my mind, the way that I sort of define a MacGuffin is something that you can not understand, but still enjoy the story. Right. You, know, you don't, you don't have to even understand what the thing is 
what why it's important you just you know but because the drama around it is interesting enough absolutely and i think i i've got one later on on my list that definitely fits that uh that description mm-hmm. um but um all right marisha your turn what do you got okay so i feel like this one has to be brought up because um it's such a classic i went i went back and forth a little bit um between rosebud from citizen kane and um but i've never actually seen citizen kane see i'm not that that um classy enough but i have seen casablanca um and the letters of transit from casablanca are i mean because it's such it's such an iconic story right um but honestly, I didn't even remember that the letters of transit were the thing that was up for debate. You know, I remembered a lot of things about the movie, but I didn't even remember that letters of transit was what it was that everyone was after. Yeah. Um, so I'm going with the letters of transit from Casablanca, which is a completely a historical invention that um, drove one of the most iconic movies ever. Oh, nice. And uh, you have not seen Rosebud. And I think I've only seen what, like eight seconds of Casablanca when uh, uh, Humphrey Bogart says, uh, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Oh, no, that's not even Castle. That's not even that's the wrong movie. Yeah, that's, that's not that's even the right one. That's Gone with the Wind. It's Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Well, I, I know uh, I've seen this one's for you, Casablanca kid. somewhere. Uh, we'll always have Paris. Mm, no, not familiar. All right. Give me another. Give me another line. This one's for you, kid. I'm sure you've seen that somewhere. Yeah, is Greatest that where hat. they're the piano player play uh, in the bar? Mm, I think so. Something Actually, I don't. Like I don't that. remember the context. I just remember the like shot. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I yeah. I need to step up my class game then. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I need to watch that old movie, but. Here we still are watching yet another Marvel flick. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right, Andrew, you're up. All right. Um, so I'm going to choose one that's more of a an idea. Uh, I mean, it is an object, but we don't know anything about the object. Uh, we're going to go with the briefcase from Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. This is a tasty burger. And there's the overlap. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's definitely the one on my list. And uh, again, that 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 is one MacGuffin that um, I was reading a little bit about it. And uh, everybody, you know, the Pulp Fiction obviously was a was a terrific movie for its time. It was groundbreaking. Um, I think it's it's one of those movies that really cemented Quentin Tarantino as a as a genius uh, filmmaker for, you know, whatever reason you can pick any, you know, any reason for that. Um, But that's a MacGuffin that really, you know, you actually don't know exactly what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. Everybody's working towards it, but there's absolutely no. You know, you have no clue what it is until obviously the end, you know, that you see the uh, the briefcase being opened and something glows. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he uh, Tarantino doesn't cut to it, doesn't describe it, doesn't doesn't say anything about it. But there it is. The driving force of the movie. Get down, 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 get
what do you um, do? You remember watching that movie at, at at first? Did you did you guys see it in the theaters or or, or somewhere? I mean, do you guys remember any um, all the hubbub during that movie? Not really. I didn't see that movie until well after it came out. Um, in fact, I'm not even totally sure what year it came out. Um, I have not. And seen Marisha it. has not seen Pulp Fiction. Marisha has not seen that one. It's not. Uh, it's not exactly your uh, Marisha's type of family viewing. No, that's <laughs> type, not exactly my jam. Yeah, it came out in '94. I saw it sometime when I was in college. Before you know, before I ever saw it. Yeah, yeah. Quentin Tarantino's. I mean, I, I'm not 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 doubting that he's brilliant and good at what he does, but it's not exactly my jam. Usually, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, those are uh, th- that was the type of movie that kind of cemented his uh, his, uh, you know, presence in Hollywood. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think between that movie and um, what was the other movie that he did? And I think it was before uh, Pulp Fiction, the one with Mr. Black and Mr. Harvey Keitel. I mean, Harvey Keitel's in all of his movies for the most part. Um, I'm drawing a blank here, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, Quentin Tarantino is one of those directors. You either love him or hate him, but uh, there's no denying that, uh, like you said, Marisha, he, he knows what he's doing. He is, uh, I think he's, he's a fan of like film in general, like movies, movies, Mm -hmm. movies. It's, uh, you can tell in, in the work that he does. I think, um, you know, it's interesting that even at an early age, I think, uh, um, didn't he announce that he just retired from just filmmaking and he's not doing anything anymore? Yeah, so, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Quit while you're ahead sort of thing. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, he's, um, you know, he's one of those guys, like you said, he's not everybody's cup of tea, but you know what you're getting when you get, when you go to see a Quentin Tarantino film. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, which is one of the reasons everybody freaked out when they thought he was going to make a Star Trek film. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, I think, you know, if, um, if I were able to go to an alternate universe to see that, um, <laughs> I, I really would be curious to see how that would play out. Mm-hmm. Especially if, uh, you know, if he kind of sticks to his guns when it comes to his style, I think, um, yeah. you know, Star Trek, you know, we, we talked about this before. I mean, Star Trek seems to be a very fa- family friendly franchise up until recently, yeah. you know, it's, it's been, um, it's been pretty, you know, safe for, for kids and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, it would uh, definitely be an interesting take on, uh, on the alpha quadrant. Okay, patrons, time to give a shout out to those wonderful people that help keep the living waters of Mandalore running around here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. I extend to you a very heartfelt thank you to all my patrons. All right, how about some shout outs? Big thank you to Backyard Tardis, Nick Schaefer, a huge supporter of the Red 5 Network. Go support his channel and catch up on his adventures in locksmithing. And big thanks to Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast, another Red 5 pod. Look for them on all the socials. Some appreciation goes to the guys over at Rebel Rock Radio, DJ and Steve, rocking with another Red 5 pod. And go check out Comics and Cosmetics. Danny's got some lovely takes on uh, comics and cosmetics. Cool talk for nerdlings of all denominations. 
notifications. Go give her a sub. Who else we got? Hey, it's Frank from Miami. What's up, Frank? Longtime supporter of the Scuttlebutt. Thank you for that, kind sir. Oh, and a wonderful thank you to Belinda. Oh, my friend, I'm so glad you're on this list. And our resident classic Hollywood expert, a fan favorite collaborator, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. A huge respect to all our Patreon supporters. You remind me each week why it's fun to do this and to infuse the quality discussions you deserve. And if you want to help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. It's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Okay, folks, thanks for sticking with us here on the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. We have a segment that we have not done in a really long time, and I'm glad that I'm starting it up again with a friend. We've got a brand new Sentry Mode. This is Sentry Mode. So if you remember the Sentry Mode uh, segment is just a uh, quick Q&A. We bring somebody in and uh, we give them uh, five questions and uh, we have a little fun. With me to answer these five questions is Brown Leader, Hyperspace Heroes Podcast. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) This should be a lot of fun. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you said yes. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, are you ready for Sentry Mode? Yeah, let's do it. Excellent. So these are questions that kind of span all across the geekosphere. Okay. And uh, I think think you'll do quite well. All right. We'll see. All right. Question number one. Let's uh, throw a softball towards you. What was the item that Indiana Jones was after in the third Indiana Jones movie? Oh, that would be the Holy Grail. That is correct. Ding, ding, ding for the win. Question number two. (laughs) In the Terminator movies, what was what was the model number? Of Arnold's Terminator. Oh, good question. Great question. Uh, and uh, I will accept. Uh, I will accept two answers. So, let's see what you got. Was it the? Was it? The, wasn't the T one thousand? Was it? That was the. Uh, was the that, 2.0. that second one? Yeah, the second one. Yeah. Oh, I'm blanking on what the mod, the original model was. Well, take that comment. And uh, and work your way backwards. The All original right. model. So T. So oh oh, that's right. They talked about various models. Uh, some of them were easy to detect because the skin was bad. And uh, so let's go T. Uh, let's go T eight hundred. Oh yeah. There you go. That is correct. Excellent. I would also accept model one hundred one. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, T eight hundred, absolutely. Good guess, good guess. Were you guessing, or were you? Were, was your mind going? I was going back to the original movie, or trying to replay all the things when uh, Kyle Reese is talking about the different models, and and uh, just then made tried to make the best logical guess from there. <laughs> Absolutely, and that uh, that worked. Awesome, awesome. All right, question number three. Nice. Name an actor who stars in both Ghostbusters and Blues Brothers. Oh, Dan Aykroyd. There you go. That's another easy one. All right. Question number four. What is the name of the main protagonist in Die Hard? John McClane. There you go. Question number five. 
Um, this one we're going, uh, we're, we're stepping outside a galaxy far, far away and heading straight to the neutral zone. Mm. In, in Star Trek, the original series, who played Khan Noonien Singh? Oh, uh, oh, uh, yes, <laughs> I know. Um, Fantasy Island. Um, was it uh, Ricardo Montalban? There you go for the win. Excellent. You got five questions correct. Also, here's a here's a bonus question. It's a fun question um, that I saw. I think I saw somebody post on Twitter, but this this is a fun question. If you were a Star Wars action figure, who would you be and why? Ooh. Uh, well, I'd have to go back to the classic, which is Boba Fett. That was uh, that was ah. my that was my guy back in the day, back in the original there trilogy. You go. The man with man with no name, so to speak. Beautiful, beautiful, great choice, great choice. Yeah. That is awesome. That is fantastic. So yeah, that is Sentry Mode, our little Q and A section. We haven't done that in a while, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I think it's back by popular demand. A couple of people have uh, direct messaged me and said, "Hey, when are you going to do some of those Sentry Modes? Because they were uh, a lot of fun to listen to and kind of uh, play along with on the podcast." So there you go, folks. Another Sentry Mode, and we'll try to uh, we'll try to do more of them. This is Sentry Mode. I just want to say thank you for joining me on this segment of Sentry Mode. Why don't you tell the people where people can find you and say hello there? Absolutely. So we are an audio-only podcast, Hyperspace Heroes Podcast. You can find us on uh, all of the major podcatchers. So po- uh, Spotify, uh, Pan- we're even on Pandora now, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Breaker, Stitcher, all of them. So uh, we are starting to bri- reach out to YouTube as well. So we've thrown a few clips up on there now. So you can find us there. Uh, find us on all the socials at Hyperspace Heroes or Brown Squadron. Excellent. That's fun. And like I said, we're going to, uh, I'd love to have you back on a, uh, a complete show where we uh, just pick a topic and dive in and uh, you know we do our shows live on Saturday nights at 7 p.m. Central so it'd be fun to kind of hang out and uh, just talk a little nerd stuff that'd be great absolutely count on, count on it excellent thank you so much alright that was Sentry Mode look for Hyperspace Heroes Podcast wherever you get your other favorite podcast let's uh, continue the show All right. So uh, since you took my glowing briefcase, Pulp Fiction MacGuffin, my uh, my backup is um, obviously uh, another franchise that has been uh, hitting on all cylinders for the last, uh, I don't know, a couple of decades. Uh, You've got uh, the Infinity Stones from the Marvel Mm. Cinematic Universe. Yep. Yep. All six stones, I could simply snap my fingers. They would all cease to exist, and I call that mercy. I mean, talk about a MacGuffin, and it's a MacGuffin that uh, pretty much spans, you know, across uh, a lot of the MC movies, MCU movies. Um, and uh, did did you read the comic books when the Infinity Stones were were popular, Andrew? I didn't. Um, yeah. Comic books were not something I got into until much later. Like I didn't really read a lot of them when I was a kid. Um, but 
Uh, so no, I've never read a lot of those the, the comics based around the Infinity Stones. Um, I didn't either. I mean, I, I knew they existed. I knew who Thanos was and uh, some of the other characters, but um, you know, not having any, um, I guess, uh, any frame of reference. I think uh, I think they pulled off the the whole Infinity um, Gauntlet saga mm -hmm. fairly well. I think. Um, Whatever phase that was, I think was very popular, and um, yeah, the Infinity Stones. I mean, you know, I, I always say that Marvel has done something um, that no other studio has has ever done, um, and obviously DC has been trying to uh, attempt to to copy that success with uh, very limited success. Um, yeah, and, I mean, to the um, point where they're starting over in their attempt. Yeah, uh, one of those too little, too late situations. But um, right. yeah, I mean, you know, kudos to Marvel. I know uh, a lot of people are are feeling uh, superhero fatigue, so called superhero fatigue. But uh, whether you like them or not, I think uh, you know the the MCU really will go down in history for um, being able to kind of pull off something that, uh, you know, a lot of uh, studios didn't think would be possible. Yeah, I mean, just, even if you just take it up to Infinity War mm -hmm. uh, and Endgame, yeah. it's, still, it's still one of the most remarkable feats in movie-making history. I mean, those movies up to that point alone pushed um, Kevin Feige to the number one spot in are you know top earning producers in movie history mm -hmm. like when you still have people like spielberg out there making movies that's pretty impressive yeah. right um yeah so no and, the mcu and, is something that like film teachers writing to you know like as long as we still are watching movies it's the sort of thing that hundreds of years from now they're going to be teaching in classes as like and here's you know how to write a really successful universe right i mean what, it's, it's what made it basically what made it work why I mean, did this right. work when everybody else was trying and the conversations the that already go on around it yeah um it's kind of staggering but the yeah. the infinity stones as a MacGuffin are impressive as well because i don't know i, th I think the first time one appears is in captain america the first avenger which is three years into the um into the life of the mcu right. which yeah. which basically means up until end game it drove that that those MacGuffins drove roughly 10 years worth of movies of stories yeah absolutely and i think what helped obviously is each infinity stone had a different power a different quality mm -hmm. Which uh, obviously the writers, um, you know, were chomping at the bit to tell the, uh, the story of each one. So I, I think you know that definitely helped. Um, any anybody want to guess how much money the MCU has made with these movies? So much. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even know where to guess at this point. I mean. I, I have I have a Google dollars? I have the Google uh, number up. What did you say, Marisha? Twenty billion dollars. Close. A little higher. Thirty billion dollars. Yeah, almost uh, twenty nine point one wow. billion dollars. That's a lot of cash. I said fifty initially, and I was like, "No, there haven't been that many movies." But yeah, right. yeah well, that I mean, one franchise. Thirty has billion with a 
fee. Yeah. Right. That's, when you think again, of I me, mean, they've got, I don't know how many of their movies. It's quite a, it's several that have broke the billion dollar mark. Sure. There's not a lot of movies out there that have broke the billion dollar mark. That's still a really short list. Yeah. And they have a fair chunk of that list. Yeah. They have a big, big chunk of it. Um, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Marisha. We're talking about the top three movie MacGuffins. All right. What's on your list? My third contribution is Oz the Great and Powerful from The Wizard of Oz. I mean, (laughs) he doesn't really matter that much. He's super unimpressive when we get there. But the whole story, right? We're going to go see The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, uh, And what a story. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, and again, these are the, this, that's one of the MacGuffins that, um, you know, you really, you know, think about it and, uh, you realize that it really isn't about, uh, the actual MacGuffin. Um, and I think that's, what's cool about a lot of these MacGuffins that it's, you know, those actually don't matter. It's about, it's the, you know, what, what is that saying? It, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Mm-hmm. And this one for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm, I'm proud of that one because I didn't get that one off of any list. I came up with it my own self. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, it's funny because I know I was doing some research and I, you know, stumble upon uh, a couple of websites and uh, I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. mm, yeah. But I'm like, you know what? Let, let me let me think of some uh, myself because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of them out there. And I think uh, some of the websites that I was kind of uh, looking through had. A lot of the similar ones, a lot of the mm-hmm. same ones, which is like, oh, come on, guys, be a little more creative. Drum roll, please. Andrew, what do you got? Uh, so... As far as things we haven't talked about, my, my list has gotten very short. Um, not everything has been on a list, but we've discussed several things I've got written down over here. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and do uh, the one that Marisha and I talked about. Marisha's not convinced it's a MacGuffin. Okay. But I'm going to go with uh, the One Ring from Lord of the Rings. Now we're markings. Some form of elvish. I can't read it. There are few who can. The language is that of Mordor, which I will not utter here. Mordor? In the common tongue, it says one ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all. And in the darkness, find them. This is the One Ring. May it be an There you go. And I was, you know, obviously knowing your history and your love for that franchise, I was like, when is he going to say the One Ring? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about that. What, uh, what arguments did you guys have regarding that not being a MacGuffin or being a MacGuffin? What was that all about? So it's... It doesn't, it's not just sort of like the elusive thing. It really, 
itself directly influences the story. It has a will and it has a, the, the ring is affecting things through the entire course of the story. It's not just sort of like the mystery thing at the end. Um, so that, that was kind of my, yeah. it's, it's a little too um, involved. Too on, right. Too on the yeah. nose. Uh, yeah, just I think it's it's got a little too much influence over the story as opposed to just being a, a, a sort of thing. But I think he can also I, make a good so case for I it. I think that the reason and it does, it, it does have a, a, a large amount of influence. I would say it doesn't necessarily have more influence than something like the Infinity Stones. That's true. That's true. Um, but I think that what it does is I think when you look at it, when we break down what Tolkien's story really is, it's a battle of it's, it's a war between good and evil. And it's a story of brotherhood and love and friendship. Mm-hmm. I think that when we break the story down and we say, that's what the core of Tolkien's story is, then we can look and say the one ring is what drives everyone to do what they do for the duration of those three films. Yeah, that's fair. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is, um, this is another one that was on uh, a lot of lists as well. So that's why I was like, yeah, yeah, I I, I can see that. I can see that. Um, but, uh, you know, this is a, um, this is a good example of, uh, or a good mix of our MacGuffins where we see a lot of change through, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the MacGuffins and, uh, Marisha, you did a good job in, in kind of bringing in some, um, older movies, some more classic movies that we can kind of see a change, um, between the object, uh, the concept, uh, you know, we talked about the glowing briefcase mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the person, uh, Sarah Connor, John Connor. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of interesting. You know, early on, I said that uh, I I had my list with uh, no particular order, but I do want to say that this is probably my uh, my top, like number one movie, MacGuffin. And uh, Andrew, I think you guys uh, mentioned it. Uh, the uh, the Holy Grail. I think um, ultimately it's a catch-all term for some sort of treasure, whether it's real or imagined. But I think in the case of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, it's uh, obviously the Cup of Christ. But in the in the movie, it feels like it refers to more than that, and uh, namely uh, the relationship between father and son, uh, Indiana Jones and and his father, um, and, and in a meta twist of religious faith, that cup of Christ, the son, leads to the relationship with the more earthly father, uh, Henry Jones and Henry Jones Jr., Um, Which, again, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I think uh, a lot of the MacGuffins in the Indiana Jones franchise really um, are less about the object and more about the relationships between the characters, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. you know, Indiana Jones and his father, uh, Marion, maybe the the belief in in something. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of uh, religious iconography in 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 these films, which uh, which kind of uh, lends itself to, you know, having faith um, 
be a, a, a MacGuffin that is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mostly unattainable for a lot of people. And it's a, a difficult concept for, for a lot of people to grasp. But I think it does a really great job in, you know, maybe showing you a side of, of a character, namely Indiana Jones, um, mm-hmm. where, you know, I think it makes him more relatable um, as a character mm-hmm. because I think, you know, we all kind of go through, you know, some sort of uh, tests, um, whether you're religious or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so um, definitely my favorite Indiana Jones. Like, I know that's a little bit of a blasphemy to say for some people, but it's always <laughs> uh, it's always been my favorite Indiana Jones movie. I think maybe because the melting faces and the ripping out hearts really freaked me out as a kid. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But yeah, I, I can um, see that. I think it's maybe the most personal story. Yeah, that's true. It is. And, and yeah. I, I always enjoyed the dynamic with, with the father and the, you know, um, you know, all, all of that. So, and, you know, and the great thing about, I actually saw um, the Holy Grail on a couple of different uh, lists or, or, or as, as the MacGuffin for several different movies, right? So we've got it in Indiana Jones, we've got it in Monty Python, we've got it in, um, you know, several different King Arthur renditions. It's one of those interesting um, things, you know, that, that, you know, specifically, I think it's probably most famous to those of us who are, you know, movie watchers as an Indiana Jones MacGuffin, but it is also, you know, like we talked about earlier, it is the MacGuffin. Um, for so much of medieval literature and, you know, so, so many legends and so many different retellings of this, um, particular story. Going so back, I mean, like driving, you know, being something that wasn't really what the Crusades were about, but it was a a lure, a thing that, that drew people in Mm -hmm. to the Crusades. Um, I mean, it's, Again, one of those very much a real world MacGuffin mm-hmm. and has been for a couple thousand years now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, uh, you know, wonderfully portrayed in that movie. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, they really did uh, some really great research. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. right down to, uh, you know, what it might have looked like mm-hmm. uh, being the cup of a carpenter. Yeah. So I think that... Uh, you know, kudos to the writers and uh, Steven Spielberg for for that one. Um, definitely my number two, you know, most loved franchise. I think Indiana Jones is one of those other uh, movies that I can kind of, you know, quote off the off the top right. of my head. So quotable. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Endlessly quotable. Uh, yeah, I think, and that's kind of for me. I mean, we've we've discussed my top three franchises tonight, and yeah. as much as I love the the MCU, for me, it's. Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and Indiana Jones. And, yeah. um, and I don't even know if you asked me which one was at the top, I'd probably tell you which one, I'm, whichever one I'm watching right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, they're, they're great. Um, like I said, for me, it's, it's my number, number two, uh, top favorite franchise. Mm-hmm.
Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right. So we went through our top three favorite MacGuffins. Uh, a lot of uh, really great um, examples there. Um, mm-hmm. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of uh, the Scarif Podcast. Uh, did you guys have fun? We Absolutely. did. Always, always glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So uh, why don't you tell the folks where people can find you and what do you guys have coming up on both uh, both the podcasts? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram. I'm princesses underscore and underscore Padawans. And I am P Padawans on Twitter. Cool. Um, so you can find me running the Twitter account for this show, for our show at Sci underscore Fictionary. Uh, that's the Science Fictionary. And our other show, of course, not Radio Underground. You can find both of them wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find content for both of those shows on YouTube uh, under the Science Fictionary. Um, so coming up, uh, we're finally getting ready to do, I probably said this last time I was on here, but, um, we're getting ready to do a bunch of Muppet content across both shows. That's right. Um, because of course the, the legacy of Jim Henson definitely bleeds into the Star Wars franchise. So, uh, we will be covering that across both shows. We're finally fixing to do that. I, I don't know, man. I, I got sick. And it's just like yeah. I've been walking around in a fog <laughs> for the last couple of months. And uh, when did you first announce the Muppet stuff? Because I remember. Well, it, we it's talked about it been like ten months ago. It wasn't quite that long ago, but we talked about it right around Christmas last year. Okay. And then just a couple of things happened. It was like, well, let's do it in the spring. And then I got sick, and yeah. it's just kind of been a thing. And there's a bunch of people that have requested to come on for that, and so getting everyone scheduled. To come across what I'm kind of looking at probably being six weeks worth of material wow. um, is going to be a challenge to get everybody scheduled for that. But uh, that's the big thing we've got do, uh, going for the Science Fictionary. Um, Coruscant Radio Underground, we're looking at doing some new stuff. Uh, of course, we're, we're all waiting for Ahsoka to come out, so we'll have that to talk about. But uh, we've got one we're trying to schedule to talk um, a little bit more from a theological and philosophical perspective of um, why it's still important to have heroes that are real, true heroes um, in today's climate. Um, and part of the challenge with scheduling that, we've got several guests, uh, one of them being one of our ministers at, at church, and he's... I didn't want to throw, he's so busy in the summertime with, with all the camps, all the camps and, and all there. that. I didn't want to throw something else on him <laughs> in the middle of that. But um, I, we're going to have a few guests. I, I'm not sure if she's still on board. I think Michelle from Force of Light is supposed to join us for yeah. that one. And um, I'm not sure who else yet, but uh, looking to kind of do a big roundtable episode on that. Cool. Yeah. You should definitely get Nick aboard. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Our- churchy friends yeah all the churchy friends yeah <laughs> well yeah that's awesome it's uh it's, it's uh it's definitely an interesting topic and um you know brad and i uh, a while back did uh an episode about bad guys and uh why it's uh also kind of uh it's it's a a weird uh flex that uh, movies have uh, introduced bad guys as misunderstood um characters mm-hmm. um but you know, there's also a a need to to see 
the bad so you can see the good. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I, I think that sometimes you do great characters, but I, I think more often I think that these characters are interesting. I, I do see the importance of showing a character that is he's a good person and he goes down a bad path. Sure. Um, Anakin Skywalker, right? Yeah. So yeah. I do like seeing characters, but George Lucas made a very big point of when Anakin goes bad, Anakin goes bad. Yeah. Like the first <laughs> one of the first things we see him do is kill younglings. So, right. I mean, and, and when he was asked about that, he said, cause I needed people to understand that this isn't, this isn't the same Anakin. This is Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand the appeal sometimes of a more gray character. Um, it's even where Han Solo starts out, one but of the all, best all Star your, Wars characters ever, but he ultimately becomes good. Sure. And, it's a problem if all of your villains are sympathetic. Like, right, don't that's the problem. It's kind of overwhelming. Hitler. We just don't. Now. But I think there's some value to villains that are bad and heroes that are good. Sure. Um, yeah. Especially for young people watching movies. Absolutely. I think, you know, I think as adults, um, a lot of folks have turned to cynicism to kind of uh, um, guide their entertainment. But I think, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's worthy to to be able to, uh, you know, to depict these um, these archetypes, you know, good versus evil. I mean, obviously, the story of Star Wars has a lot of that in it. Uh, George Lucas, uh, you know, has structured the story in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, looking forward to that uh, those uh, that series of of your episodes because that sounds like uh, an interesting listen. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Top three movie MacGuffins on the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. If you guys are listening to this and have your own top three, please don't hesitate to shoot us a voicemail over at the Scare Scuttlebutt hotline, 773-234-8659, or you can email me at scarefscuttlebutt at gmail.com. We are part of the Red 5 Network. If you want to join the rest of the gang over at bio.link slash red5, there is a podcast or a YouTube channel for you. Absolutely. True story. Again, thank you very much for joining us on this edition of the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. Marisha, Andrew, you guys are the best. And that's the Scuttlebutt. listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network <laughs>